you know what it is, Homegrown Podcast, your boy Jamar McLean. Raphael Anthony, welcome to our show today. Hey, uh, how was uh, last week? It was good, man. Did some Christmas shopping. Had to have my sons this weekend. I uh, had a show at a place called a zoo. It was a nightclub. Huh. It was pretty cool. It was for a Chargers, uh, like a Chargers fan club. Oh, okay. know, They're doing pretty good this year. The Los Angeles Chargers don't say San Diego. <laughs> everybody on everybody on TV fuck up and say San Diego. Like if you watch ESPN, everybody said they should get fined for doing that shit. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, it was cool. I had a show Friday. I had to go to a birthday party on Saturday. I, I heard you had a good turnout for your uh, yes. So Saturday, uh, that's right. Saturday I had my art show, solo exhibit, my first one with uh, Cultural Alliance of Long Beach. It was uh, I was nervous for sure because I haven't had an art show in about a year. So that was my first one for uh, 2018, and uh, a good one too. It great turned out, a lot of support, and out of all my pieces, 90 percent of them sold. Damn, that's good, man. I know. I was shocked myself. I want to give a shout out to all the supporters. We're talking hundred dollar pieces too. We ain't talking <laughs> bullshit. So I'm very excited, and also gives me an opportunity to shout out uh, something that people have been asking about right behind us for our people who are watching on YouTube. We have an awesome portrait of Tupac. And that's why one of the artists, uh, Yayo, uh, part of Cultural Alliance of Long Beach. Hey, Chief, get the Yayo. I mean, <laughs> Yayo, get the Tupac. <laughs> so uh, if you guys are interested, this piece is for sale. Feel free to follow us on Instagram. Uh, we do have details on this show, of course, uh, where you can get information about this piece. But that's what we do. We promote about artists, people in the community, and people are doing awesome. So shout out to Yayo for amazing art behind us. And whichever art we always have in the back, we do our best to support it. And make sure you comment, too, on the, U- on the YouTube page and subscribe to our channel. Yes. We always want good feedback. And you control us, too. We don't mind on internet trolls. <laughs> I know, right? Sometimes people are afraid of YouTube just because of that. Yeah, never read the comments of his haters. And uh, the thing about, um, uh, you know, be able to share with you guys, um, our, we are on anchor.fm forward slash homegrown underscore I'm sorry, uh, Dash Podcast. Uh, If you guys want to follow us there, we do appreciate the support. Um, One thing for sure, um, we want to get started with our show today. Uh, Today we're talking about Frederick Carl Pretzel. Yeah, you might as well say his his stage name, which is (laughs) AKA known by Freddie Prince, comedian, fame in the 70s. Born in June 22nd, 1954. Freddie Prince was one of our early Latin American uh, comedians uh, back yeah. in the early seventies. So. Yeah, he broke through. He did. He was. He was. He was on Tonight Show at nineteen. Yeah, and uh, he really came up. Like he came up fast. Like, and he was already on NBC. Like by a year later, two years later. Yeah, like- that's so also about um, uh, Freddie Prince is that not only did he appear in the scene. He was doing something a lot of new comedians were doing over there in the 70s, which was, yeah, he was talking about race relations, racism, and recreational drug use, but it was coming from a Latin perspective. Yeah, he was the first um, Hispanic to break through as far as mainstream, and uh, even his show, uh, Chico and the Man, it, you know, it, 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 light, it poked fun of that, you know, the racism in America, and he was just really quick-witted tongue-in-cheek uh comedy but uh basically um yeah he blew up at a young age but he was already like living a fast life because he got fame real fast but like they said like if you look at the research he was already addicted to cocaine by 16 
I know, right? Right, yeah, the path of five uh, gram a day habit. Now you got to be rich to have that kind of. <laughs> even today, I know back then it was probably a little cheaper, but yeah, cocaine is definitely a rich man drug. So yeah, he got he he was he was definitely a, co- a comedian's comedian. Um, get the opportunity to listen to his style. We're gonna play one of his clips. This is a clip from one of his HBO specials. Here we go. Like you take languages, like my favorite languages are uh, Spanish, French, Italian, the Romance languages. Because you say I love you, it sounds a je t'aime, te amo. You know what it is in German? Ich liebe dich. <laughs> Somebody says ich liebe dich to you, you put on your clothes, you go home. <laughs> you ever see people who take Spanish in school and try and talk it? Comus Aestus Usted. <laughs> Muy beans, grassy ass. I don't think Japanese people have a language. I think they're all faking it. It's never the same, you know. I tried to learn how to say, where is the bathroom? Very usable expression. It's gofujo dokodeska. Trouble is, they don't say it that way. They go, go. So I go to Benihana restaurant on La Cienega and I say to the waiter, Go for Joe Dokodeska. He could have just pointed, but he goes, Oh, go for Joe Arigato, don't touch your mustard. You go upstairs, pass manager office, don't pee on frog or other time. Don't touch the mustard. <laughs> go in the parking lot. <laughs> Some turkey says, hey. So that's the great thing about Pretty Prince is that he was providing, uh, you know, race relations, but he did it subtly. Well, in your face, I guess. Yeah, he talked about everybody too, though. Uh, just, you know, one race talk about all races. Yeah, of course. But uh, he was coming from a Latin perspective. Uh, yeah, he's Puerto Rican. His mom's Puerto Rican. He liked to uh, come out and say that he was half Hungarian and half Puerto Rican, so he called himself Hungarian. Yeah, but he wasn't actually Hungarian. He was actually his dad was German. Yeah, he came from German uh, immigrant. His dad was German. His mom was Puerto Rican. But he, I don't know, for some reason, he used a Hungarian. It's part of his act. Part of his act. He always said that he was Hungarian. He probably was like, I don't want to be tied to any Nazis. I'm just going to Hungarian. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. That's probably. Uh, his first appearance is 1973 on a show called uh, Jack Parr Tonight. But the big break for him was The Tonight Show. Yep. It was in 1973. And after his segment, he was the first comedian to be asked to sit with Carson. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. And that was in 73. See, so think about it. Um, 73, he was on Tonight Show, and he and basically, he got invited. He was one of the youngest comedians to be asked to sit with Carson, but he was, like, catastrophic to, you know, start to, you know, to stardom because in 73, he was on Carson, and then by then, he was on the Chico and the Man show, and then he fast forward four years only, he, he killed himself in uh, January of 77. Yeah, it, it's so that is kind span of span within a decade. It's a thin line between comedy and tragedy, but uh, yeah, he was a like I said, he lived a fast life. He was a cocaine since sixteen. He was a full time comedian, you know, by the time he was seventeen, you know, and he was on Tonight Show at nineteen, and um, yeah, he died at twenty two. You know, that's uh, a, a talented individual whose career path was just shining at the precipice of becoming. Pretty large. Uh, because of The Tonight Show, he was giving that. Though You mentioned it, Chico and the Man in 1974. Uh, and he had a great opportunity there. And it's if you guys listen to the show, he was bringing in uh, racism right in your face, but making fun of it. Here's a clip of uh, Chico and the Man, uh, which also brought a little bit of race, uh, racism. Notice how 
you know, they were joking with it, but it was stuff that minorities li- heard hear all the time. So here's a clip of that. What are you doing in here? Who, me? Yeah, you. You see somebody else in the garage? Garage? Looks to me like un basurero. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Basurero. It means junkyard. Get out of here and take your flies with you. <laughs> what flies? Your flies. You people got flies all around you. And while you're standing here, your flies are getting together with my flies and making more flies. <laughs> You people. What do you mean, you people? Nah, that that that. But he stole the show, though. He actually, yeah. that dude was a veteran. Yeah, that guy is a veteran. That's right. He was. Uh, everybody remembers that actor, by the way, from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He was yep. the grandpa. Yep. He was the grandpa from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I should know his name. Well, <laughs> was, uh, Jack, Jack something. <laughs> but uh, that was pretty cool, you know, um, that he brought this to the show. And it was paying off. Uh, not only was he doing shows across the country, he was also invited to the Dean Martin comedy roast. Yeah, he did the roast of Sammy Davis Jr. And Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, which are, you know, was a big big stars in their time. Huge star. So him he, being invited for that. He was a... Uh, he was also he was doing jokes at the inaugural gala for the president yeah. at the time. I want to say it was Jimmy Carter. Yeah, and you know he was he was big. He was big. Yeah, and, and then leading up to his divorce is what I think he got more depressed. But he got busted. He got arrested and uh, driving on quaaludes. And and then after that happened, I guess his wife filed for divorce. I don't know if that was the reason why. But he uh, he just had a baby with her. So he, you know, if you guys the younger crowd know his son pretty. Freddie Prince Jr., which became an actor, and he was on I Know What You Did Last Summer and all kinds of, like, teenage movies in the early 2000s. But once his wife divorced him, he was already depressed, and let alone she's leaving with his ba- newborn son. So yeah. I'm sure that caused more depression, which he was already probably going through, you know, shit in his mind. Yeah. But they were saying that he uh, he always just, like, fuck with his friends. He would play Russian Roulette in front of his friends. Yeah. Literally with the, like, one time he did it where he, he shot him, he... He uh, pulled the trigger and it clicked, and then he shot out the window, and then it blasted. Oh, my God. He was already playing around. He was already playing around. But he actually did commit suicide because he wrote wrote a suicide note, and he made calls that night before, you know, saying his last goodbye. So it was pretty deep, dude. And it's heard that he might have done it in front of somebody, I believe. Yeah, he actually did it in front of his, uh, his manager. Oh, man. Yeah, he did it in front of his manager. Four months before he died, he signed a five-year deal with NBC worth $6 million. Now, you would think uh, money brings uh, happiness and success and it's just a pathway. But to be honest with you, if your life is already in turmoil, you're already having uh, balance issues, whether it's emotionally uh, and issues personally, the demons that you might be fighting, it's not going to help you how much money you got. Yeah, it was just his lifestyle. The fame came quick, even the money came quick, and I'm sure that you know you could just not give a shit after even the money. If you you know if you're not happy, like you know it doesn't buy happiness. Yeah. And uh, but he still led the way where as far as for Hispanic comedians and actors, where it was some protests over this show too. It was protests from Chico and the Man. Yep. But it's still even though it was protests over the racism and the stereotype of the Hispanics in our culture, it still opened doors for. Latino, Hispanic actors and comedians like so have you Cheech and Chong 
Yeah. They blew up around the end of the 70s. George Lopez, Paul Rodriguez in the exactly. 80s. George Lopez is actually the one that paid for this start. He got a Hollywood, uh, got a start on Hollywood Walk of Fame, I think, in uh, oh, man, that's awesome. 2004 or something like that, which is way after his death. Yeah. But George Lopez claimed that he paid for it. Dude, that's awesome. No, that's the great thing about Freddie Prince is that it was a very uh, unfortunate um, event where we lost a talented individual, but his contribution to comedy and the opportunity he uh, provided for other artists to come out and start doing their thing, like George Lopez, Paul Rodriguez, very, uh, I believe, Fluffy. Uh, yeah, he's he mentioned all, it. He set presidents. Like he, he opened doors for all of them. You know, we have amazing comedians that we'll be talking in our show, the legends, of course, uh, in different decades uh, that technically set that pathway. But we wanted to take the opportunity and talk about Freddie Prince. Not really too much on that uh, unfortunate event that he went through, but what his contribution was towards comedy. His, uh, I know there's something that I like to mention is that some people don't realize that racism it does exist within our own communities. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, when you talk to some Latin uh, communities, Latin communities sometimes have uh, negative conversations about other Latin communities, <laughs> like like whether they're Salvadorian, uh, Cuban, Puerto Rican. They always have something negative about the other. And here comes Freddie Prince, and that's why uh, you know I think he didn't just show up saying I'm just Puerto Rican. I think him saying that he was half half might have helped out a bit. You know, it might have helped out a little bit for him to yeah. step into the into the spotlight and for uh, the culture of America to be able to see how diverse our nation really is. At, yeah, it was at Beverly Hills Hotel, at the Beverly Hills Hotel Plaza, and his manager was Marvin Dusty Snyder. Oh, when he committed suicide. Yeah, he called him, and um, he could tell by the, vo by the sound of his voice that, you know, he was concerned, so he rushed over, and um, as soon as he get there... Um, you know, he tried to assure, reassure him that he had a lot to live for, but Prince continued with the emotional charge, phone calls, even while Dusty was still in the room. And uh, one particular call, he called his mother, and uh, he said, Mom, I love you very much, but I can't go on. I need to find peace. Then at 3.30 a.m., Prince made a call to his estranged wife and said, I love you, Kath. I love the baby, but I need to find peace. I can't go on. Prince would then hang up the phone. Standing with the phone in one hand and his thirty five seven uh magnum in the other, Prince calmly sat down on the sofa in the in the hotel, raised a gun in his head and shot himself. Oh man. And Dusty made a quick dive for the gun. Prince pulled away. Oh man. That's rough. Rough. Rough for such a talented individual, uh, that was Freddie Prince. Um so what do you think about his comedy? I mean, you got the chance to listen to his comedy specials. Yeah, he he was he uh he put out a com he put out one comedy album called Looking Good, which was one of his catchphrases from Chico and the Man. Yeah, and uh, his body of work was short because you know his life was short. So you know, I I was kind of too young to be influenced by him, but at the same time, I still knew who he was. Yeah, you know, and I did you know I knew who he was before his son became famous because you know I, I know comedians. But just like I said, that show was around 10 years before I was born. So yeah. I didn't get a chance to really. And like I said, if Hollywood, if you get that stardom, he, like he, his show was like top five in the U.S. So he had all the success. He had the, he had the fame, the money. And, uh, you know, that shit's just, like I said, comedy sometimes is a thin line between tragedy. That's why Richard Pryor was so good at it because he walked that line and he talked about all his issues on stage. 
And I think if he would have got through his depression state and just took it to the stage, it would have helped him a lot. Yeah. But I know I feel like I feel like he was drugged out too, which just have effects on your mental state. The, the comedy life, I don't think people, many people understand the pressure behind it. I mean, you've it's traveled. It's a hard life, bro. It's a hard life yeah. travel. No. But what it is, I mean, is, to be honest. You got to have a balance, you know. And, like, he got, he, uh, he, when his wife left him, you know, with the baby, but he was already addicted to drugs. And it's like you got to avoid if you can't feel it, you know. And it's, it's like, what do you do? I mean, I'll, I, this is what I'll share. I've I've seen Jamario jump from one show one evening and then drive across the city to another show that same you evening. Mean, you ain't seen and the drive, way drive fourteen hours perform for twenty five <laughs> people. What about that? <laughs> That's what I'm talking How about. about. That? That's Catch what me I'm outside. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Is that Jamario? That's, that's what I'm saying, yeah. It's just the journey, you know, and you, you, it's going to be highs and lows, but you try to, you know, have more highs and lows, but it's still like, you, you know what you're doing it for. You're not doing it for the money or fame. You're doing it because you love it, because you'll do it for free anyway, just like you do your art. Yeah, yeah. Because you love it. But I feel like, I think a lot of it where you could, you don't know who's around you that's real. You know, if you got famous so quick, you got fake people around you or just enablers, drug users, people that's just, you know, being his enabler. Yeah, and like you said, his wife left him. His kids gone, and he's he's in Hollywood, you know, living that life where it's like you know, it's like you got to find balance, yeah. to find peace. But that is it is a sad thing because his son ended up being a successful actor. It helped you know being a junior, you know, had some connections. Yeah, but uh, his son say he uh, he didn't really talk about it until uh, he was in the documentary about his dad. But he never really talked about his dad uh, his dad's death publicly. He said anytime he got mad or frustrated, he'll listen to his comedy albums. Oh, wow. Kind of soothed him and made him calm or made him laugh. And it's kind of sucks because, like, the dude never met his dad. He don't remember. He was only less, he was less than a year old when his dad died. Wow. So it's like, you know. Well, he knew he was a very popular yeah, public he had, figure. He inherited his name. You know, he, 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 had, he, he, as he got older, you know, you can look at research and look up your, the shit that's on TV or, you know, his document, but to still not physically not have him, you know, that shit, that shit sucks in itself, dude. Yeah. And they have his name. You know, it's kind of, that's just crazy. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, known as a heartthrob of the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. He even dated Pam Greer, dude. He dated Foxy Brown. <laughs> that's his dude. Yeah, he was a ladies' man, too. That's another reason why, probably why his wife divorced him. He dated Pam Greer for like a few years. She wrote about it in her book. Oh, yeah? She wrote about It's a book called Three Acts. And uh, she wrote about dating Freddie Prince. And I'm pretty sure that this was like in the 70s because he died in 77. So Pam Greer had to be, you know, she was probably a little older than him. Yeah. He was only 22 and he died. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how old he was. Having was. Fun. He was having fun. I don't know how she was back in like 73, 74. Because remember, when he blew up, it was already like 74 by the time yeah. he was already on TV. So that's when she was at her fame too, making all the movies as Foxy Brown. Yeah. Yeah, man. He, he dated the sisters too. <laughs> he was going around. Having a good time. Well, hey, it was the 70s, you know, <laughs> a lot of parties back then. The shit, like the, the Playboy HBO, Mansion is totally different. <laughs> HBO, you look up the HBO special. Uh, it's called, um, the, well, that's called Midnight Special. That came on after the Tonight Show. Mm -hmm. But he did an HBO. It was a special on, uh, like, the when HBO just came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was at the Improv in Hollywood, um, which I'm going to be performing there soon, too. Uh, it was a... Uh, it was him hosting it, and like Jay Leno was on the lineup, and Jay Leno was young as hell. This was before Jay Leno's even thought about him tonight's show. He was just yeah. a comedian, and it was just a bunch of up and coming comics, and he was hosting it. 
he was already the established one, you know? Yeah. That's just crazy. Ain't no telling where his career would have went if he never killed himself. Yeah. Amazing individual. Great talent. Uh, great contributions towards comedy. Really appreciate Freddie Prince. Cheers uh, to Freddie Prince. Prince. Cheers to Freddie Prince. In his young life, man. He, I'm telling you, man. He blew up real young. Yeah, he did. He did. I think a lot of times you can't appreciate it as much if you don't go through those times and trials and tribulations or struggles. Yeah. Where you come up so fast and it's like, you know, a lot of shit, it's, you get, it's whirlwind, you know. And uh, if you don't have that grounded, that, that stable foundation to keep you, keep you grounded, keep you humble, you know, shit could get out of control, dude. You, there's a there's a sense you talk to any artist an entertainer and there is a element in their life where all of a sudden you feel like oh shit people are paying attention to me and oh, that throws that throws people off and it doesn't I've, I've gone through it in a couple of shows the best attitude is to have not give a fuck what anybody thinks yeah but just keep moving forward time, just you, do your thing you be true to yourself and your voice and your art your craft yeah. whatever and don't compromise for no one no money nothing you know yeah. just be true to yourself and you know like I'm sure there's people on YouTube, you could comment on any artist, not just comedians. It could be a rapper, it could be an actor, somebody that either killed himself or they got killed early, and they could have made a big contribution to their craft if they you know, had a longer life, like Freddie Prince could have. Yeah. Uh, the tw- I th- wasn't that 27 Club? Some yeah. of those. Well, that's yeah. a little older That's than a little different. I know. That's five more years on. Yeah. Yeah, the 27 Club was that's like Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain. Amy Winehouse, a lot of the music artists, but, you know, they either died from a drug overdose or got killed yeah. at 27, which is fucking young. That is extremely but 22 young. was a lot younger, dude. Like, he was just 21 the year before he died. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy, man. Depression's a motherfucker. So, if anybody's going through anything, make sure you call the suicide hotline. And if you got any kind of problems and you feel like you need someone to talk to, always... You, you got people that care about you. You do. You really you're not, do. You're not even by yourself, man. This shit's, it's, it's, it's a small world for a reason. People and say it's a small world, but definitely, man, you, you, can, you can help somebody else by helping yourself or making that call. No, that's, that's the truth. And I, I would never say uh, that, hey, just you know, stop being sad because we know depression is a, definitely an illness. Robin Williams, dude. But, Robin uh, Williams is a good example. This is later. He's way older, but yeah. he was fighting depression himself. Yeah. It's like, you know. There's other conditions he was going through, but yeah, depression dude, was one of them. That dude made people laugh. You think, you know, there's all times of people that seem the happiest that they've got, you know, something inside or demons or something they're fighting and they don't want to have the will to live no more. So it's like important that you check on your family members or your friends or people you see some kind of signs of depression or they're not acting themselves or, you know, just not all there. I think it's always good to check on people. And, you know, I think he was, you know, his manager tried to come and save him. It was just like, he, he called him for a reason. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just sad, dude. So let me go ahead and play a clip for you guys of Freddie Prince of one of his shows. And you'll get the sense of how he makes his Puerto Rican lifestyle. Well, Puerto Rican, uh, not lifestyle, Puerto Rican background. Yeah, he was, he, you can tell he grew, he grew up in New York, but you can tell he grew up around blacks. He did, he does good black, like impressions and he does Japanese and Asian good like he he was that kind of comedian where he was yeah. like animated and uh, he could do the voices it was really fun one of his bits was um, he says I've learned through my black friends that uh, the darker you are the louder you are yeah. <laughs> except when you're talking to your girlfriend then you're quiet <laughs> whisper, whisper it, baby whisper in her ear so here's a clip from Freddie uh, Prince like uh, Nixon has a wrong impression of Puerto Ricans. I blame him that there's no Puerto Rican astronaut. Right? What are they afraid of? All the way to the moon will blow the horn, play the radio. 
<laughs> Why we don't have a Puerto Rican restaurant. <laughs> He probably figures, right? We'll stick our head out the window going, Mira, chica. Hello, honey. <laughs> we'll put pom-poms on the antennas. A little dog in the window with the head. <laughs> what they're really afraid of is we'll get to the moon, right? Unload the moon buggy. The hubcaps are gone. <laughs> <laughs> like it's sad to say, but our society is based on a thing where when one ethnic group makes it, you subjugate another one, right? Like years ago, it was black people because you need somebody to clean the toilet. Like, years ago, it was black people. Ain't this a shame? Help <laughs> this sucker flush himself away. You know what I mean? Leave the water running, you know? And when they made it, Puerto Ricans wasn't there. It's not my job. What I ain't doing here? <laughs> my job. Not my job. Thank you. <laughs> so that's Freddie Prince, uh, for sure, getting the opportunity to uh, show the world, you know, where he was raised from, where he was coming from, and setting the path for other young comedians as well. Uh, this is a good opportunity to so say thank you for joining our podcast. Remember, uh, we appreciate every single time you follow and subscribe to our show through Anchor.fm and uh, all the other platforms that we have. We have multiple ones, so whichever is your favorite, please like and subscribe. Uh, we really uh, thank you. And for those who are watching on YouTube, we thank you for your comments. Uh, we want to give a shout out to one of our YouTube comments, our top one, from MFN Josiah. He says... Uh, cover comedians like Lenny Bruce and Bill Hicks would be amazing follow-ups. Yes, that's definitely coming. Uh, uh, no shit, Sherlock. No. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, they're pioneers in their own right, too. Definitely. Lenny Bruce, like, he influenced George Carlin. Yeah. And uh, he's ahead of them. But, yeah, definitely appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe and you check out our sponsor, Cultural Alliance of Long Beach. Yes, and um, Art Music Alliance as well. And don't forget, I, I just want to give an opportunity to mention about them. So Culture Alliance of Long Beach, you can follow them on facebook.com forward slash Culture Alliance of Long Beach. They're a nonprofit organization made by artists for artists. Uh, it's a great opportunity to exhibit not only your work, but come out and see the work of the community. And that's where we're sponsored for our location. So we want to say thank you to sponsors of Culture Alliance of Long Beach, Art Music Alliance, and also two of our clubhouses that uh, yeah. are sponsoring us. Penthouse Lounge out in L.A., right off the Fire Freeway in Atlantic. We've got a show on December 27th. Nice little Christmas party after Christmas. And then Bottoms Up Bar in Stag. we got a show on December 28th. But yeah, also on Saturdays, you can come up here to Cultural Lines in Long Beach. They got, for the kids, they got uh, free art classes and free music lessons. So, you know, come learn your piano or guitar. Yeah, and every single time somebody comes over to the uh, gallery, they always say, uh, this is pretty large. There's a lot of space here, a lot of work, a lot of opportunity for everybody to share their work and see the work of our artists. Just uh, come out and support the artists uh, of our community. So, again, this is Raphael Anthony from Homegrown Podcast. Jamar McLean. Y'all be good. Peace. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. <laughs>